Welcome to Quadcast. I'm Grant Bruner, and with me today I have Chris Farrell. How are you, Chris? Good. Happy to be back again. Yes, it's great. I, I'm I'm really happy to have people back. You know, I, I'm glad we have kind of a we have a a, a bullpen of of great people that that are interested in Mass Effect and can come on and talk about it. And uh, I'm happy to have kind of a rotating cast of people who are really into it. So um, we, we know that you do another podcast, and uh, right off the bat, I'd, I'd love to get a, a plug for that right in. Sure. Uh, the other podcast I do, it's called All Things Good and Nerdy. It's a weekly podcast with generally a panel of three regular hosts and a weekly guest host. And we talk about all things good and nerdy, video games, comic books, TV shows, movies. Basically, it's an excuse for us to rant and rave on the internet. And, uh, is, and it's weekly? It's a weekly podcast. Nice. Nice. And uh, where, can, where, where can they go to get that? You can go to atgnpodcast.com, and that's the site we host everything off of. We're also on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Nice. Very good. So uh, definitely check that out. I'm sure if you like this podcast, you'll like that podcast as well. Um, you know, nerdy, nerdy things, nice and nerdy, everything. You'll you'll love that as well. Um, so let's talk. Let's today we're going to talk about this is kind of like a uh, your, you know best of episode, a your things you love the most about about Mass Effect because you know what, what, every time we we bring together people we end up talking a lot about the things that miss the mark that things that weren't great um but obviously we wouldn't be doing a podcast about mass effect if we didn't think mass effect was great um so i'd like to take some time and actually talk about the things that you love the most about mass effect but before we get into that uh since last uh we had an episode the mass effect uh, the Mass Effect uh, Leviathan trailer came out, and I kind of wanted to uh, ch- chat about that a little bit. Have you seen it, Chris? I have. It was awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so obviously, uh, we had talked to uh, Chase and Tanner Boyajian uh, earlier uh, earlier last month, and uh, th- obviously they were they were you know well into the c- cutting things together for uh, all all the all the upcoming content. And uh, I really think this is th- my favorite trailer so far. Um, you know, I would say that. Before this, my favorite trailer was the the Femship trailer, the, um, the reinstated. Oh, that was just an awesome trailer. <laughs> yeah, that was really really great, and I, I think this is actually um, this is a really cinematic trailer, kind of uh, set up as a trailer for a movie. That's the exact same thought I had. I was like, is this a movie coming out? <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a really a lot of cool stuff. Um, shown in it and more interesting uh you see Shepard getting in this mech um it, it looks kind of like an atlas mech but um you're underwater now which is pretty interesting i'm very curious to see how they handle the gameplay underwater i imagine you're not going to have any of your powers or anything but i hope this mech is really powerful <laughs> yeah hopefully it's better than the kotor um underwater sea i don't know have you ever played kotor oh yeah i love that game but the underwater stuff there was uh, rough to put it nicely <laughs> yeah it's flawed let's say um yeah so uh, it is hopefully it'll be better also uh, i've certainly I've, I've read online that 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 in this uh, DLC, there's going to be a, a sort of a hint system, which is uh, leads me to believe that there's going to be not not maybe not necessarily puzzles like you would get in like an old school click and adventure game, but puzzles of some sort, or at least you have to figure out something. It's not going to be strictly linear. That would be nice because there are some points in the regular game where you don't really have to think very hard. You just have to shoot hard. It's been hinted at before the Leviathan of Dis, you know, a rogue reaper. Um, so we don't really know what what all of it will entail besides hey you're going to go meet up with another reaper there has been confirmation i guess that um it will open up more dialogue at 
towards the ending with the star child, which is which is neat. It's gonna make me replay it all again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but I mean, luckily, it's not going to be that hard because it's all, all you because you're kicked once you end the game, you're kicked back into into regular into pre-ending mode. Um, so you can just do this and then go right into the ending. Now, to be fair, it does take quite a while to get through the ending content. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I mean going through going through London is is hard. Although really when like when the extended cut DLC came out, I just uh, I kicked that to casual and busted right through it. That that's about what I did too because I really wanted to see my ending. I did it with two and then the last one I just went on YouTube and watched. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously casual is not challenging, but it certainly does uh, give you this kind of sense of grandeur of Shepard as being a giant badass. Yeah, it reminds me of God Mode from, like, the old Doom games and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, perhaps it's not the best uh, uh, to, to play the first time around, but maybe if you're doing a second run-through, uh, playing on casual can be uh, quite a bit of fun, especially when you're dealing with, you know, like, oh, it's a Banshee. Well, I guess I just one-shot killed a Banshee. Hey, guy. God, I wish I could do that in the regular gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> the Leviathan trailer, if you haven't seen it already, you can go to um, youtube.com slash user slash Bioware Mass Effect, and that's the, that's Mass Effect's um, official channel on YouTube, and the trailer's right there. It's called Mass Effect 3 Leviathan trailer, and um, as we're recording this, it is the 26th, and probably when you're hearing it, it's the 28th, and that is when the the uh, DLC will be released. So, please, please go out and uh, spend money, because the only way we're going to get more DLC is if people buy this DLC. Exactly. Um, so, please, please, if, if you're interested in DLC and you want, and you want to support the people that make such a great game go buy the DLC it's only $10 it's worth your money if you if if you spent $60 on the game i think it's worth paying the $10 um, for the DLC especially when you think of the fact we've all gotten a bunch of free DLC so far too oh yeah they've been really really good with the with the multiplayer DLC and the ending DLC definitely worth it to just go spend the money also it's going to be fun I mean, worst case scenario, you get, you'll get more Mass Effect. So, I mean, how can you complain about that? I hope it's as long as the Lair of the Shadow Broker was on Mass Effect 2. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, that would be, if we could get two more, if we could get, if I can get two hours of content, I would be, I would be very happy. Right. Well, one of the thoughts I'd had, I, I really intend on playing the Leviathan, Leviathan DLC. I'm just not sure I'm going to play it with my cannon ship because there's a part of me that just feels after the end that his career is over. I'm not sure if I want to go and tell more stories with him after he's had his end. When I played Mass Effect 2, it was with all the DLC. It was as if Lair of the Shadow Broker was always there. Yeah, that'd be nice. The nice thing, though, with Mass Effect 2, though, is there wasn't an end to your Shepard there. So if you add a DLC on later, it was not as jarring and this is a little jarring after my shepherd has uh successfully saved everyone yeah i know because you had to you had to go back in your head and be like okay this is before all that and it doesn't count like all the stuff that i did you know in the ending doesn't count in this and it hasn't happened yet so it's i mean obviously it's 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 difficult i mean i plan on planning i just don't know if i'm gonna go through and take my canon space jesus ship through that right one. right I, I understand you're saying you're you're saying that like that story has has concluded to you going back would would feel weird that i mean obviously that is a, a an issue that you have to deal with when you have your okay story's over except we have to go back and tell more stories um which is difficult but i i'm i'm excited and i i hope we get you know if we can get 
two, three, maybe even four more DLCs out of it, I'd, I'd be happy to pay for all of them. That would be fantastic. I would, too. It'd just be a take-my-money moment. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about some of your favorites in, in the Mass Effect universe. So um, first off, I want to talk about your favorite squad mates. Um, let's go through through each of the of the three of the three um, games and talk about your favorite squad mates in each. Uh, if you had to pick a favorite squad mate in the original Mass Effect, which one would it be? Oh, it was Rex because he was my tank. He would just barrel through anything. Mm-hmm. Now, so so your gameplay wise, you think that he's absolutely somebody you have to take every time. Oh, definitely. Now, what about what about character wise? Do you think that he's the most interesting character? Honestly, I think the most interesting character to me in Mass Effect 1 would be either him or Tally, because you get some really interesting side conversations from both of them throughout the game. Yeah, and I mean, w- the nice thing about that is that you're you're introduced, um, th- they're kind of the only representatives, for, well, not only, but for the most part, they're the only, they're the only in-depth representatives of their species. Right. I mean, Tally, we really don't see pretty much any quarians in mass effect one besides tally and rex yes we deal with other krogan but it's always they're like it's a very adversarial relationship with other krogan <laughs> that's that's a good way of putting it um so you you really get a lot of uh and it's not really the same with garris because yes i mean obviously he's your friend and and, and you know he's in your crew you can talk to him but we deal with a lot of other turians Whoops. I think we're reconnected now. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So I was Skype saying, gods were angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was saying that it's not it's not the same with Turians because we we're dealing with so many other Turians that we don't have the same relationship with Garrus that we do with Tally and Rex. Exactly. I mean, you're almost set up to dislike the Turians at first too because your first experience with them is Saren. And then going to the council, and they dismiss all of your concerns there. So right. you have a fresh start almost with the Quarians uh, and the yeah. Krogan. And in Mass Effect, in Mass Effect One, there is a there. I mean, the Renegade options in dialogue. Really, there's a lot of anti-Turian, like a lot of xenophobic um, dialogue that you can choose. Um, oh, there are, yeah, yeah, a lot of like, well, you know, fuck the Turians. I don't want a Turian on my team. Um, which they they abandon really pretty much the second they get to two. There's really not a lot of not a lot of um, uh, animosity between humans and Turians left by the time you get to Mass Effect Two. That's true. Yeah. So um, you would say now, what do you, you know, obviously Tally and Rex are very very different. Um, what would you say you like the most about Rex's character? It's almost like he's trying to do the right thing, but in the wrong ways <laughs> his character he really wants to see the krogan come back to be a powerful dominant species he's not exactly sure how to do it so he keeps just barreling through everything right and i think shepherd almost brings out this nobility that rex has and makes it so that everyone can see it then by showing him that there's another way to do things right right um so and obviously you know you you by the time we get through two and three we have um considerable affection for tally and rex because oh yes uh, yeah they move forward and you have you know the more time you spend with characters the more you can grow yeah grow to uh, uh have affection for them so in mass effect 2 where we're actually bringing people forward and introducing new characters 
who would you say is your favorite uh, is your favorite um, squad mate in Mass Effect Two? Oh, it's Garrus. Okay, so you, you, his his growth as as kind of this rogue uh, archangel character, you think adds a lot of depth. I think very much so. Instead of just being the the, the good cop who wants to do right in a broken system, you've got a guy who went out on his own, who's had this massive sacrifice, well, this massive loss rather of losing his entire team, is trying to rebuild everything, and about the only person he's got left in the galaxy is Shepard. Same for Shepard at that point, because pretty much everyone's abandoned him. Right now, would you say would you would you say that his character has changed into, or do you think this is just a a a, a natural expansion of his of his um, attitude in one? I think it's a natural expansion that comes from the fact that Shepard was his hope that everything would get better in the galaxy or help fix things, and Shepard was gone. So he took on that mantle as best he could in the only way he knew how. Right. Um, so when you have to go to, when you're doing Garrus's loyalty mission, and you have to make the choice of letting Garrus make the shot, uh, and, you know, and kill off the guy or, or saving him, what, what decision do you make? Do you harden Garrus or do you, do you kind of uh, take Garrus back to more of the way he was in one? I take Garrus back the way he was in one so that he's not just seeking vengeance. Right. So is the, do you think that do you think did you make that because did you make that choice because oh you know I'd mainly play Paragon or did you make that choice for a, a specific reason? And but in the back of my head it was I try and try play excuse me I try and play Paragon as much as I can but right. at the same time I was thinking this doesn't make sense for Garrus to kill someone in cold blood from what I understood the character he would regret that later mm-hmm. um, so I kept him from making that bad choice right. Now, what 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 is uh, through one, two, and three? What characters do you romance? Uh, in Mass Effect One, I ended up romancing Ashley, mm. and then in Mass Effect Two, I dropped her off and then stuck with Miranda the rest of the way through. I see. Um, Miranda's character. Do, do now a lot of people have it. it Miranda is is kind of a dichotomy because you get people who actually are are quite fond of Miranda, and you get people who think that Miranda is is almost obnoxious. So obviously you like Miranda enough to romance her. Do you like? How do you like going from two to three with Miranda's character? I was really hoping she'd be in more of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I I knew she probably wouldn't be a playable character, but I was really hoping there'd be more pieces of the game with Miranda in it. I'm glad that we had the pieces that were in there going to go and give her information to help her find her sister. And then meeting up with her at the very end of the game was great, but I kind of just wanted more. I felt like you almost, it's not the right way to put it, but you almost got cheated if you kept your romance person from Mass Effect 2 and they weren't a member of your party. Well, but uh, not nearly as bad as Jacob. (laughs) That's true. Not nearly as bad as Jacob. (laughs) Yes, that was really bad. But you know what? I I think of all the characters... Um, that that you can romance in two that are not in that are not squad mates in three. I think Miranda's the best. Um, oh, I agree. Uh, of those, Thane is pretty good. I mean, obviously you have you it, it's a it's a pretty good story, but obviously he dies, so it's it's tough. It's a tough uh, it's a tough thing. But Miranda, it, it, she I think she she becomes uh, a, a deeper character, a more interesting character in three now that she's I, no longer with Cerber- uh, Cerberus. I agree, and she takes a lot of what she learned from Shepard to basically create this extension to her identity or how she changes. Right. 
Yeah, I, I think that's great. So in Mass Effect three, who would you say? You know, you have Rex, you have Garrus. They're you know, the, the, Rex isn't a squad mate, but he he's in three. Um, who would you say is your favorite squad mate in three? Oh, it's got to be Garrus again. You Starting in Mass Effect two is almost like I pictured Garrus as just Shepard's brother, even though they're completely different species. Right. Anywhere Shepard went, Garrus went too. Mm-hmm. So you, you you think that he's lacking? Do you think that Garrus is lacking in one? Do you think that's why you find you find Rex so much more interesting? He just didn't click with me in one, and I'm not exactly sure why. And in all fairness, it's been a long time since I played Mass Effect one. So if I went back now, it might be a little different. Right. It's just I have a heart. I've done one and a half playthroughs on that one. I just can't. I can't get back into it as easily. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously the gameplay is not not as as solid, so it's it's a lot harder to get through. Um, but I, I I think that that Garrus is is pretty strong, and and there's there's a lot of really great moments with Garrus in three. I mean, specifically the the bottle, you know, the bottle yeah. shooting, uh, and and the really, I'd say. For me personally, when when you're saying goodbye and you're on London and you're saying goodbye to characters, I would say that I really like I I mean because I, I because I romance Liara, I think that the Liara um is the Liara goodbye is really good. I think the Tally goodbye is really good. Um, Edie goodbye is really good, and then and Garrus is um is 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 pretty damn great. Oh, I love the Garrus goodbye. <laughs> yeah, it, it just made sense for those characters. Yeah, I mean and. and it it is kind of strange. What what are your thoughts about the the um the, the like the hologram, the hologram that you could say goodbye to all the other you know squad mates you've had? I was glad they did it because mm-hmm. as a person who romanced Miranda, if you went into the very last mission, and you didn't have a chance to at least get some closure on that or say goodbye to that person. That that irked me a little bit, I think. Right. But at the same time, some of those guys I probably didn't care much to talk to again. Like Jacob, as far as I was concerned, his story's basically done once I got him evacuated off the planet and ran into him at the Citadel briefly. Yeah, Jack's Jack's um, one is pretty good. Even if I think so too. Yeah, even if you're not romancing it, it's still it's still pretty great. Um, you know, getting a getting a, a kind of an update from uh, from uh, the kids on the line, which is pretty great. Um, so you have you have Rex, you have Garrison, both. Um, would you say who would you say is grows the most do you think that do you think that Garrus grows the most or do you just see you just like him I like him I think he grows a lot but I think the character that grows the most in my opinion was Jack from yeah. two to three Ooh, does she grow she yeah that's a good that's a good character Tally also I mean you would have to you have to argue that Tally grew quite a bit from oh, one yeah, to she, three very much so yeah. um I, I think that that they 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 really did a good job of evolving the characters it's not like oh it's hey these are the same you remember these characters you guys yeah these characters are great they do a great job of bringing back characters we know and like um but but growing them you know we we get character growth which is nice even the minor characters like the doctor uh chloe michelle i think from the first one she changed over the course of the game you get into mass effect 3 and you find out she's working at the main hospital and you go wow everyone's having improvements happen in their life and changes happen, even bit characters you didn't think you'd see again. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, I mean, they did, they did a great job and they absolutely need to be, um, Harold, I mean, every time, every time we're talking about this, uh, talking about the, the evolution from one to two to three, you get people and they'll complain like, well, you know, I wish they would have spent more time in this, that, and the other thing. But I, I think Bioware doesn't get enough credit for putting so much effort into 
into the experience of playing them as as one, two, and three. Oh, I've, I very much agree. There's so many different plot threads that had to tie together, and the fact that they were able to do so much in the end is incredible to me. Yeah, I mean, they they really do a lot of really great stuff, and, and it's impossible to have every single thread be, you know, hey, remember that one time this one th- person said something in Mass Effect 1? Now we have to <laughs> reference that again in Mass Effect 3. Although I, I think not only is that impossible, but I think it's also kind of silly uh, right. that everything would have significance. Um, but the things that they do are really great. Uh, obviously, people love the Conrad Werner uh, plot. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's one of the ones that's just a minor thing, but the evolution over three games just makes me laugh every time because he goes from being a joke to trying to be a hero in the end to save Shepard. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite good, quite good. Um, so let's talk about your your favorite missions. So in in Mass Effect One, um, we have a, we have a more limited um, number of areas that we go to. I mean, I guess you can make the argument, well, you know, we're exploring all the other planets, but they, they don't really count in my mind. Um, the 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 random planets that we we go on to but the main planets the main uh, story missions what would you say is your your favorite in in mass effect one it's probably the assault on the citadel at the very end just because everything's been building towards that and i think the entire time we're playing that like my adrenaline my adrenaline was gone i was like oh what's gonna happen now we've got to figure out how to try and save everyone and it's what everything built up to so it was just so much fun in my mind yeah it, it was that was quite good um and Ilos coming up right before that. That's true too. Pretty darn good. I mean, even though it's kind of on rails, it's it. You, I mean, certainly you get the uh, the most answers in in the whole game, which is pretty neat. Uh, would you say now that the attack in Mass Effect they don't really have quote unquote boss battle? I mean, I, I guess you could you could make arguments for specific things like uh um. Matriarch Benezi or whatever, but it's not really, it's not, it's not very video gamey in in that sense. Like, yeah, oh well, it's Zelda, and we're in a dungeon, and uh, and now we're going to fight the boss. It's not quite like that. It, a lot of it has to do with dialogue and decision making. Um, when you first played it, did were you were you surprised that it, you don't? Re- it's not really like, oh well, now we have to fight. We now we have to fight Sovereign or whatever. Fighting Sovereign when the first when the twist first came out that it was a Reaper that surprised me, mm-hmm. and by the very end battle, just making the decision to defeat Sovereign with either the human fleet all that really didn't surprise me as much because you've done similar things in like Kotor Kotor one and two, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so so your your experience with Bioware and those and those style of games made made it unsurprising, right? Right, I understand. So. What would you say is your favorite mission in Mass Effect 2? Now, that this is going to be, I think, a, quite a bit harder. Oh, it's it's probably a toss-up between two. I really like the collector ship when you go to get the Reaper IFF. Mm-hmm. Just because it's so creepy to start out with. You're on this empty ship, and you're investigating things, and you're finding dead bodies, and finding out that the Protheans are now the uh, collectors. Right. And it just builds up to such a, a crescendo, and you go, oh my god, what's going to happen now? And then you get ambushed. And then it's you fight for your life to get off there. And I had so much trouble getting off that ship the first time I played it. Yeah. The, the, you know, that is, that is an interesting part is that in, in mass effect, you know, even people who are quite good at video games, um, and I am not one of them. I, I'm <laughs> at the very best mediocre. Um, 
there are parts in it that the first time you play are really hard because oh, yeah. you're not you're just not sure exactly how you're supposed to do it. Now, obviously, when you go back and play, well, now you, you've already figured it out. You already know what you need to do. But the first time you play, it's like, oh, well, I guess I died three times in a row. <laughs> Been there before. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I agree. I, it's obviously great. And obviously, the the... Lair of the Shadow Broker is fantastic. Um, fantastic right. DLC. And that, that was one of my second choices between that and Lair of the Shadow Broker because Lair of the Shadow Broker is such a long DLC and it tells such a great story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know what? When I, when I go back and replay it, I kind of forget that it's so long. Yeah. Um, it's when one I of those things played- where, like, oh, I'll, I'll just knock this out tonight. And then I'm like, two and a half hours later. <laughs> Yeah, when I first downloaded it, I was like, oh, I could probably knock this out in about an hour. And about an hour into it, I'm maybe a, a third to halfway through. I'm going, oh, is this going to end? I got stuff I need to do tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but I can't put down the controller. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's quite good. And I, I like that. I really like that what Bioware does with with their um, DLC is that they do a lot of exploring with things that they didn't do or they weren't able to do in the in the main game. Um, so obviously in, in, in Lair of the Shadow Broker, they have, uh, they have the kind of the chase uh scene right which is pretty neat they did something a little different in all the uh, the dlc for that one because like the arrival dlc you're by yourself for most of the game which was a very interesting change after being able to rely on your teammates to back you up and then all of a sudden you've got to infiltrate a facility by yourself i'm going ooh, i don't know if i'm specced right for this (laughs) yeah object row is also pretty is pretty unique in 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 the mass effect series you don't really get a lot of okay uh, kind of like survival mode right um, so, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of, of Object Row, but it, at least it is something different. And they try it out, and um, it, and I, I I like that because it's like, hey, you know, we we're going to make another game, so why not do this? With I mean, making a DLC is much less risky than making a full game because we've already made all the money for the from the original game, and people are already invested in it and say, oh, I love this game. Yeah. So. But- uh, yeah, I mean, so so they, they get to do the things that they weren't able to do in the first game. Yeah, to me, Lair of the Shadow Broker felt almost like Mass Effect 2.5. Yeah. Because it almost felt like a game in and of itself. You add, a, you add like another two hours onto that game, it's longer than a lot of games you buy brand new on the market right now. Yeah, and, and, and really, and, that's, and that, that to me is a great example that length is not a great way to measure worth. Um, no. The you know, hey, you know, if you spend ten dollars to see a ninety-minute movie and it's great, that's much better than spending ten dollars to see a two-hour movie that sucks. Exactly. Um, so you know, people people in the video game industry talk a lot about, oh, you know, is you know, is is twenty hours too short? Is eighty hours too long? Well, like it doesn't matter how long it is, as long as the experience you have is so good that it's worth the money. I completely agree. I would much rather spend money on a on a two to three hour game like Dear Esther. Man, was Dear Esther cool! It's a very cool game, and and, and I don't know how many people who like Mass Effect have played Dear Esther, but Dear Esther is a really cool. Um, it's a game that isn't even really a game. It's like an interactive story um, where you walk around a, a, an island, and it was I don't know. I paid ten bucks for it or something, but it's you know it's three hours of content and. I, you know, when I finished that game, I was just left thinking about it because it was so good. And that was $10 very well spent. Very, very well spent. Um, so uh, length is, is 
much less important to me than quality of experience. Oh, I agree. Like, I'm really enjoying the Walking Dead games that they're putting out on the marketplace. Oh, I love them. I love they're them. fantastic. They're all story based and your decisions have consequences. Part of the things I loved about all the Mass Effect games. And yeah. I'll pay 10 bucks for two to three hours of good gameplay. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, so in Mass Effect 3, what would you say your favorite mission is? Ooh, Mass. I really like the Genophage Cure mission where you're on uh, Tuchanka to oh, go yeah. release the cure. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's it's, fan- it's it's one of the best missions in the entire series. It, it's it's really great, and, and obviously the Morden payoff. Whew. That, that's that's part of what makes it so powerful to me is Morden's end, and you're just like, oh my god, I'm gonna lose Morden. <laughs> it's it's really, it is the best um, that storytelling in gaming has to offer because when when you're dealing with movies and even TV series to a lesser extent, you have a more limited um, interaction with the characters with Morden. You know, we spent an entire game with him. You know, we spent 40 hours with Morden uh, in Mass Effect 2. And, and so you have a lot of affection for him that you don't have with something that's, you know, in one movie. Like, okay, obviously, hey, we've all seen Star Wars. And yeah, we, we really like Obi-Wan Kenobi. But, you know, we've only spent 90 minutes with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Exactly. Um, when he dies. So it, it's, it means less than when Morden dies. Uh, I know it might not sound right, but as Morden was going up that elevator, all I could think was, man, he's not going to sing any more Gilbert and Sullivan to me. (laughs) 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 That's one of my favorite moments from Mass Effect 2. I'll be honest, I actually teared up a little bit as Morden was meeting his end. No, it it is is a very moving moment. It's a very very human moment. It's very good and and absolutely – they, it, it is a it's a high watermark in, in gaming in in how much they make you feel. Yeah, they were very good with their death scenes in Mass Effect Three. Right, you know, making deaths mean something, Ma- making them making them meaningful instead of just oh well, you know, hey, we lost that character and that sucks because now we don't have that character anymore. It, it it's very much more meaningful. Oh yes, very much. Yeah. And if I had to pick a second favorite mission from Mass Effect Three because it's really close, it would have to be uh, the Ranok battle. Oh, I mean that it's. It's the powerful ending you get with Legion that makes it for me. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, it's really good. And also, um, the uh, when you're first when you first land on Rannoch, um, uh and you're dealing with the with with the uh, the general that no not the general he's um he's just a soldier and he uh, he he uh, dies and uh, you know he dies and he's like uh, I you know whatever I I finally made it to the homeworld that's pretty great. It is. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty. Pretty freaking great. I, I love that. I love Branock. And you know what? I think Palavin uh, doesn't get enough credit. I think Palavin's a pretty good level. That's true too. I think you're right. I, I t- people tend to forget about Palavin because it's so early on in the game. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that quite a bit. Um, uh, and and you know, people people will complain about Kai Lang, but I have to say, one of my very favorite moments in Mass Effect Three is when Shepard kills Kai Lang. Uh, yes, and you get and you get the that well for me. I I know it's different for other people, but for me it was that was Prothane, you son of a bitch. Uh, and when Jennifer Hill gives that line, it is just it gets me every time I hear it. It is it is a wonderfully delivered line. Yeah, it's perfectly done. Uh, fantastic, fantastic. I, I don't know anyone who would choose not to attack Kai Lang when he's sneaking up behind you. Yeah, I mean, I, you're just it's it's one of those times when you're just hammering the the uh, right trigger. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I absolutely fantastic. I, I 
I loved it. I lo- I mean, there really isn't a mission in Mass Effect Three that I I hate. I, oh, also worth noting, I think is where uh, a a note a um worthy mention is um the the school um with Jack and Kali, oh, yeah. and Kali Sanders. And now you have you, you you told me before we recorded you haven't read the books. Um, if you if you have read the books, um, Kali Sanders is a main is is one of the main characters in the books. Um, and I think they handled it perfectly well because much better than Kai Lang, who's also in the books. Um, but because people who've read the books, obviously they're going to have, oh, hey, it's Kali, that's cool. Um, but people who have not read the books, um, she just seems like another character, and I think they handled that really well. What do you think? I think so, and they gave me enough in the in the game itself to know that there was a backstory between her and Anderson. They'd known each other for years, things like that. So I wasn't going in going, who the hell is this person? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was really nice, and it's actually pretty fun. And, and I really like I really like the interactions that Jack has with the kids. Oh, I do too. It's fantastic. Jack is almost soft compared to what she was before. <laughs> yes, she's not. She's not a complete hard ass twenty four seven. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about your favorite class. Now, classes do change quite a bit between between the games. So, do do you think that your favorite class um, is it holds throughout all three, or do you have different classes for for different um, for different games? I have different classes between Mass Effect One and then Two and Three. I use the same class throughout okay. as my favorite. So, what's your favorite class in One? One was Vanguard. Really, and you didn't stick with Vanguard for Two and Three. I didn't stick with Vanguard for 2 and 3. I went back and changed and played as Vanguard later, but I really enjoyed playing as an Infiltrator in 2 and 3. Now, so what what, what would you say you liked about playing a Vanguard in 1? I just felt powerful with it because you're just throwing around biotics and you're, you're a semi-tank is how I thought about it. You weren't fully tank-like, but you could take a beating. Right. Now... Vanguard, obviously, well, all, you know, pretty much all of them except except Soldier have changed dramatically in two. Um, you you changed to Infiltrate, which plays very different than Vanguard. Oh, it does. Um, very, very, very different because Van- Vanguard is all about getting up in someone's face and, and shotgunning them and 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 meleeing them, uh, and Infiltrator is about hiding and picking people off from far away. Right. The first time I played Mass Effect 2, I carried over as my Vanguard character because you couldn't change classes between them when you imported. At least it wouldn't let me when I tried it. Okay. But when I went and did my second playthrough on that, I went and did a, uh, a uh, Infiltrator run. I almost said Sentinel for some reason. But I really enjoyed the Sent- uh, Infiltrator run just because it was so different. And then in Mass Effect 3, you could choose to change your class, and I went with Infiltrator on that because I'd had so much fun in 2 with it. Yeah, inf- I mean, I I enjoy them both. I I think that they're both they're both really fun. What would you say is your favorite part of of playing an infiltrator in two and three? Just the fact that I can snipe just about anything, <laughs> and it slows down time to do it because that actually can save you sometimes with that time slowing down because it gives you a chance to look at the battlefield. I mean, I know you can pause the game and do it, but I'd always just look through the trigger and be like, okay, here's what's coming in the distance. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's fun, and, and really, cloaking is adds a whole another dimension to it. I mean, Infiltrator in, in, in the original game, it's it's not so great, um, but Infiltrator oh. in 2 and 3, it, it's it's fantastic. Infiltrator is a godsend if one of your teammates goes down, because you just cloak, you go and revive them, and you run away. Right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I think it's fun. Uh, I mean, I, it's not my main it's not my main class, but it's certainly a class that I, I, I enjoy quite a bit. Um would it made Tuchanka a lot easier when you're having <laughs> when you're having to hit those gongs to bring out the uh, the Thresher Maw. Right. If you have an infiltrator, you can just cloak and run. <laughs> yes, 
Yes, I can imagine. Uh, I can imagine that would make a, a big difference, especially when you ha- when you're on harder difficulties and you have. Oh, hey, I have I have uh, four brutes all on my ass. That's cool. Well, and it probably doesn't help. The first time I played through that, I was like, I'm just going to keep mowing these guys down. It's got to end at some point. And 20 minutes later, and I was like, This isn't ending. I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- that th- those uh, number of brutes is is uh, is intense. Yes, that's the best way of putting it. I think. <laughs> so. Um, Weapon? Do you have you have a favorite weapon? Uh, now I, uh, the weapons are le- much less interesting in one. Um, so throughout the throughout all three games, do you have a favorite a favorite weapon? Um, I, there's a sniper rifle I really liked in Mass Effect two and three, and I can't remember the name of it, but it basically you could shoot multiple shots while you resumed in. Yeah, I and I, I cannot remember the name of it to save my life. And I know each shot didn't do as much damage as like a Viper one would do, but right. it was really good for suppressing or just getting a couple shots on something real yeah, quick. Yeah, because especially, like, I I am not a, a, a fantastic video gamer. I, I'm okay. I'm not great. Um, but sniping, especially when you're doing it very, very far away, um, I really, really rely on on either freezing enemies, which is, which is super useful. Oh, yes. Uh, or being able to pull off multiple shots um so that that i find very important you know you get you get like oh you know hey i have the widow but you really only get one shot and you have to reload yeah if you don't hit with that one shot you're in trouble whereas i can't remember the name of this rifle to save my life but you get like three to five shots per Mm -hmm. before you have to reload and so it could save you in some cases now i'm when you when the uh gun packs come out where like there were i think there were two for mass effect 2 and there's one that's been released for mass effect 3 do you buy those do you care enough to buy those i didn't buy them yeah i i i agree with you in that i don't really care that much about guns i mean i i'm that's not the reason i play mass effect um <laughs> is guns however i i because i you know i'm doing the podcast i did feel it was it was appropriate for me to spend the two dollars and get the fire sure. pack, um so i could talk about it on, on on the podcast and i have to say um obviously the the big selling point is that it brings multiplayer weapons to the single player, um, but it also has a brand new gun. And because I play as an adept, I'm a big fan of, of um, submachine guns. And it brings a submachine gun um, from the Blood Pack, and it is it can strip armor, which is pretty Ooh, neat. It, that's oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> yes, it, it it's really great. Now the problem is it jumps around like a kid on caffeine, um, <laughs> but if you scope it, it's not really that bad. Um, so I, I, I've really grown to like that quite a bit. And I, I'd like to see that in multiplayer. Yeah, that'd be neat. Um, I don't know how they would do that though. I guess you'd have to, you'd have to like, um, nerf other aspects of the gun. Um, but because you really, you can just strip, you can basically just strip anything that you want. You can strip, um, um, barrier or uh, the, the, uh, barrier, you can strip a shield, you can strip armor. Really? It just does everything. If they put it in the multiplayer, it'd be one of those ultra rare guns to pick up. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite good, quite quite good. Um, so I have to say that's fantastic. Also, I really I um I like the submachine guns. Um, uh, the Tempest is 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 certainly is certainly pretty good. I, I use that quite a bit. Um, do you do you play do you play a multiplayer much? I still play the multiplayer, not as much as I was when it first came out, but it 
it's a very pleasant surprise that a multiplayer in a game like this has kept my attention for so long. And I think a lot of that's because of the challenge weekends. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. That, that's fantastic. And I'm really glad that they decided to do that. That that brings a lot of interest into into the, into the multiplayer. Um, so as far as classes go for multiplayer, um, do you think... Do, do you do you stick with Infiltrator? Or do you do you try out other things? I my primary character. I have two primary characters in multiplayer. One is a Quarian engineer, mm-hmm. and then the other is one of the human vanguards, either male or female. It doesn't matter. I switch between those two. Right. No. I love the turret on the Quarian engineer because you can just basically set traps and choke points, and then sit there and pick people off as they're getting blasted. Interesting. And so you're you're not an Infiltrator fan. For for multiplayer, no, because you don't get in the single player. It actually slows down the world around you when you zoom in. You don't get that in the multiplayer. So I'm terrible with a sniper rifle in multiplayer. Right, right. Everyone's too fast for me. Yes, um, you know, seeing people go through and play, you know, the people that are like soloing platinum, um, by you know, they're by themselves. That they're 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 an infiltrator. They're cloaking. They have a black widow, and uh, they just go around just ruining everything. I'm like, wow, that's impressive, but man, is that not me? No, I cannot do that. I could never be able to do that. <laughs> no, and I'm I'm not touching platinum. I don't know about you, but I am not I'm not touching platinum. I still get a little scared of gold from time to time, so. Yeah, I mean, for me, and I I've talked about it before, um I can't I just can't get a pubs through gold. I'm not good enough to carry a, a a a pub match through gold. If we're if it's people that I know and we're on mic, yeah, okay. Well, we can we can we can go through gold, and it's not that it's not that bad. But pubs, especially when we're not miked, whoo, it's 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 just impossible for me. You can't play gold without having some strategy in place. And people people like to try and play hero, and those are the ones that are going to die first and leave everyone hanging. Yeah, I mean that that is what's what's nice about silver is that you know. By the time you're like, let's say like level fourteen, fifteen, you can go in and just really not you're you don't you're not you have no strategy. You don't need to strategy. You don't need to come up with a strategy with all all four people. You can just go in and start shooting, and and most of the time it's fine. Yep. Yeah. Um. And and obviously, if you want to feel like a complete badass, you can go into bronze and just you know start you know one shotting everything. That's my confidence booster after I've taken a break for a little while. <laughs> go play a couple bronze matches. And you're like, yeah, I'm a badass, and then go play gold, and you'll feel normal again. Yeah. Um. The, the my my the uh, obviously you know people will complain about the loot system. The one thing that I do think is nice about the loot system, and, and believe, I've complained like everyone else, oh, I, another shotgun I'll never use. Um, yeah, been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what is nice is that even though you're not always getting what you want, you get something that's really cool for another class and you say, well, maybe I should go and try that other class. So you, it, it encourages you to go and, and expand from your comfort zone. Right, and I think that's, I think that's why they did it that way. Yeah, it, 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 and that and that's good because you know what I I am glad that I have tried out the other classes and done the one thing I the one class I just cannot master for for the life of me I can't do enough damage on soldier I just can't without without having damage dealing powers without you know because you're mainly just have have the passive powers. Yep. I, I can't do enough. I mean, maybe I just because I don't have, you know, I don't have the best gun, you know, all the way to 10, uh, level 10, but I can't get enough damage in to do any sort of uh, any sort of construct, you know, constructive um, uh, damage in that game. Yeah, I tried playing as a soldier and it made me realize how much I relied upon my turret and, and incinerate abilities as an engineer and then on my uber cheap charge and Nova attacks as a vanguard. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and it's also, you know, I play as an adept most of the time, and so I'm basically doing all my damage with powers, and, and, oh, yeah. and really only doing specific things like, you know, like stripping barriers or something with a gun. Um, so I, I, you know, switching to basically doing no damage with, with powers and doing all my damage with a gun, I'm really bad at that. Really, really bad at that. I'm in the same boat. I rely on my powers a lot in multiplayer. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I think that what's nice. Hey, we have classes that are specifically designed for that. We have cast exactly. classes. So, no yeah, the deal. gun, the gun is that thing I use when I'm in cooldown. Yes. When I have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, multiplayer maps. Um, they have done a lot of really great DLC, uh, not have. only including guns and characters, but also new maps, which which I think has really kept the game fresh. Because if we just had to deal with those same four maps um, that it shipped with, uh, I think we would be in trouble. Uh, very much so. Um, but I, 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 I'd like to know what, what, what are some of your favorite favorite maps in multiplayer? I really like Firebase White because as an engineer, there's some really good choke points there to throw turrets and to be able to help support your teammates and the different objectives. Yeah. What, what, about the, what about the more recent ones? Do you, do you like the, the Earth ones? I like Firebase London. I think that's what that one is. Yeah, London I like. Um, Rio I like. I like Rio quite a bit. I like pretty much all the new maps. None of them have gone out there and like, oh, this is terrible. That... I think the only map I ever really hated was Reactor. Reactor. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Reactor is not a fun map to play. Yeah, Reactor is just the one because no matter what difficulty you're on, there's going to be enough enemies coming from multiple directions that you're going to be in trouble if you're not playing smart. It's Geth. Geth, screw oh, me on man. that level so hard. So hard. Those yeah, Geth my, pyros, they ruin everything. Yeah, my engineer is not set up to deal with with a Geth, the one that I primarily use, so... Yeah. Anytime Geth come up, I go, oh, crap, I have Incinerate and I have a turret. This yeah. is not going to be good. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, you know, deal. I, I can deal with, with Cerberus and I can deal with Reapers quite well. Geth, uh, the, the problem is that they they are able to do so much damage so fast. I think the Geth got respect at one point because they used to be one of the easiest yeah, opponents in my mind. Then. Right, they just kept they just kept buffing them, especially because people started to do that GWG, the the uh, gold, uh, firebase white, and then Geth, and yep. to farm gold. Um, and they, I think they really that's when they started buffing the Geth. Geth Prime scare me now. <laughs> uh, well, the Geth Prime obviously because they're they're giant tanks and they they take so much goddamn damage. Um, but really, what scares me is the pyros because it's basically if you turn a corner or you get cornered with a pyro, um, you're done. You're done because they're just going they're just going to torch you and you're screwed. Um, the best your best recourse if you're near one is to run the fuck away. <laughs> Or if you're a vanguard, just keep charging them because <laughs> they stagger long enough that they can't hit you again. Yeah. Ooh, man, do I I have died. I have definitely died the most from pyros than anything else. That and the damn invisible geth they have, too, with the shotguns. Yeah, those are not those are not fun. <laughs> Certainly. I won't pay attention because I pay. I spend way too much attention looking ahead of me and occasionally glancing around and those invisible ones. They don't catch my eyes. Sneak next, up on you. Uh, I'm getting shot. I'm going, oh, crap. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very, 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 very bad. Um, so you, you've said that um, you've only really read um, one of the comic book series, right? Right. And that is Redemption with, uh, with um, Liara as the main character. Correct. So for me, that's actually one of the least um, pleasing artistically. The, the, the art in, in the comic is, is 
it's it's rough. Let's yeah, put it. It's not nicely. so great. Other, the other <laughs> comics that like you know what the Homeworld comics that are, have been coming out very very recently, I think are beautiful. I think they're beautifully drawn, and I I think that the art in those are are great. The art in Redemption not so much. Yeah, I didn't think it was that great. I looked at some preview pages. I can't remember the name of the series, but the one that tells the backstory of the Elusive Man didn't look bad either. No, that's it's really great. And the story in in Redemption is is pretty great though. What do you what do you think about what do you think about the story where where Liara is, is saving Shepard's body? That's what I read it for because they had the, they had the line in Mass Effect Two that Liara was responsible for for finding Shepard's body, and I wanted to know how it happened. So mm-hmm. that's that's what brought me to that. So. The art was rough, but I could overlook it because I wanted to know the story. Yeah, and I didn't want to just read it off Wikipedia. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, also, they the the they came out with a comic um, right before three shipped, and that was um, Arya losing Omega to the Elusive Man, and that's quite good. See, I'll have to check that one out too. I think they're all if they're on the Dark Horse app, I'll probably they're just buy them on there. Yeah, do that. That's exactly what I did. They're all available through Dark through Dark Horse, so you can read them on your iOS device, on your computer, anything. Any, you know, I'm sure Android devices or, or whatever. Um, you can do that. It's great. I read them that way, and I think I think um, story wise, most of them are, are pretty great. Um, art is hit or miss um, with with many of them, and also I really think that the the three Carpitian novels are are really fantastic. And I have I have not fully read. Um, the William Dietz one, which people have many problems with, um, but the three the the three novels written by Drew Carpitian are fantastic and add a lot of backstory to to the universe that I think is important. I'll have to check those ones out then. Yeah, at least read at least read the first one. Uh, let me let me jump go. Uh, I'm going to go to my li- iTunes library and and we'll see what it's what it, uh, the first one is called because uh, it is called. Re- the three three Carpitian books are Revelation, Ascension, and Retribution. Uh, I think that you should at least read uh, Revelation because that is the backstory with uh, Anderson and Saren. Okay, yeah, that would definitely be a good one to read then. Yeah, so it's essentially a prequel to the first Mass Effect, and it's qu- it's quite good, quite good. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, so w- would you say now what what do you think? has has prevented you from exploring the expanded universe uh, of Mass Effect. I I used to read all sorts of Star Wars books and things like that and I just got burnt out in all the expanded universe stuff there. Right. And I think it just carried over from there. I said I'm not sure I want to go start another series of books tied into a franchise I love and end up being disappointed. No, they're actually I mean like look, here's the thing. No, are like are they Shakespeare? No, they're not Shakespeare, but they're really fun. They're fun yeah. reads and they're quick reads. They're 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 not that long. See, that's the thing. That's that's why I'll probably go check them out because for me, reading some of those Star Wars books became I really want to know what's going on, but it's almost a chore to read this book now. Yeah, no. and I didn't want to have that happen with Mass Effect. No, no, no. Now I I, I cannot I cannot say that the, the fourth one, it, it, um, Deception with William C. Dietz, I can't recommend that. But the three written by Carpitian, they're fun. Like. Here's the thing. You already like Mass Effect, so you're sold. Like Exactly. There's, there's, I mean you're not Car- you're not going to be disappointed. And Carpitian basically helped write the whole Bible for Mass Effect, is my understanding. Yeah, so absolutely. it would make sense he understands the characters. Yes. Um so it, it's it's quite good, quite enjoyable. Um so overall, what would you say is do you have do you have like a favorite moment in, in, in the Mass Effect uh, trilogy altogether? Ooh. More than dying. Uh, More than dying is probably pretty high up there, just because that one was so powerful. I mean, and 
my biggest, for lack of a better term, oh shit moment was when they killed Shepard in the beginning of Mass Effect 2, because you're just not expecting to come into a game and have your main character die in the first 10 minutes. Yes, yes. And it is interesting because it isn't, it, Mass Effect is particularly interesting in that because it's not a it's not a cop out like oh well we had Shepard die in the end of one and then oh we brought him back we brought her back in 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 two it's as Shepard you know wins the day in one and then immediately is killed off in in the beginning of two yeah exactly and, and you know it, it is I certainly wish that it, that was explored more but it is it is certainly interesting that we have basically uh, you know like zombie Shepard. Yeah, exactly. There's so many moments I love in this game, though. I mean, it's really hard just to have, like, straight favorite. I mean, like, the Thresher Ball versus the Reaper is just a great moment to watch as it plays out. There's there's all sorts of things that are just fantastic in there. Yeah. Can I just say I love the whole game? Yes, the, all, all three <laughs> games. They're fantastic. Yes. Um, I love all three games. They're my favorite moment of the series. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's say let's say they come out with Mass Effect, Mass Effect uh, 4, or, or Mass Effect spinoff. Um, that it, it's exploring something else. It, 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 it's regardless of what it is. It, it's not Shepard, but it's Mass Effect. Are you going to buy it? If it's got people from the original, I, I would, this is tough, probably, but I really hope it brings back some of the characters from the first games, like even if it's only in bit pieces, like you have at least mention of Garrus or Tally and things like that. Right. Now, so something ties you back to what it is you played before. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly been a... It's been a criticism in the Star Wars expanded universe. However, it's like where you have this whole universe, and we're constantly dealing with and Han Solo and Luke Skywalker save the day again. Where, yeah. where you know we have this giant universe in, in for for Mass Effect. Like we have we have all these different species, and they're doing all these interesting things. If it's just like oh, and Garrus and Tally, they come in and save the day. And- I'm not saying I necessarily want them to come in and save the day, but I at least want there to be some kind of reference back to the people that you've invested so many hours in, in the first. You three want games. them to kind of be side plots. That would be yeah. That's the best way of putting it. I think is at least have something that brings them back. Right. Uh, or or ties it in with with the game that we've the games that we've been we've been spending so much time with. Exactly, it's like making the jump from Knights of the Republic one to two. It's completely different characters, but you get little asides that take you back to some of the characters from the first game. Like Bastila is in there, Karth is in there right. at different points, so you, you can it throws you back to what you were doing before, and you oh, okay, I remember these guys. Well, what's new with them? And it shows you then. Yeah, that's fair. That that's a fair that you you kind of want everything tied up in a nice little bow. Uh, I don't necessarily want to play as these guys again, but I want to know how everything ends for them. Right. So uh, why why don't you uh, you tell us where we can go and find you uh, on Twitter? On Twitter, you can find me as at uh, Roundtable Nerds. Yes, uh, fantastic. And uh, and why don't you throw off an, an, another plug for your podcast? Okay, I'm one of the co-hosts co-hosts of a weekly podcast called All Things Good and Nerdy. We talk nerdy things ad nauseum and you can find us at atgnpodcast.com or on itunes or stitcher radio fantastic so thank you for coming on chris i have appreciated uh, all everybody coming back and, and doing that and i, I love, love hearing more people and, and kind of uh, getting more in depth uh, with all the good stuff and thank you for listening uh, i really appreciate you guys taking the time to, to listen and, and uh, nerd out with some of our math stuff <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i'm grant Bruner, and this is quadcast or else if I do, I'll use a pencil and that will show you How nothing lasts, how nothing is free Nobody loves you like me
I shouldn't stay. I think you'll agree. It's no good for you, no better for me. In the morning, I'll go to a place far away, somewhere you'll never find me. I catch a look, a thing that you say. Out on the fire escape, smoking all day, missing someone. Now who could it be? Nobody loves you like me. Noises outside, the trucks in the street will cover my flight. My heroes retreat. I'm supposed to feel bad, but I don't anymore. Only when you remind me, air in my lungs, a cough and a wheeze, holes in the bellows and blood on the keys. You move along, there's nothing to see. Nobody loves you like me. Nobody loves you like.